How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're Locked On Chiefs for Hump Day, Wednesday, March 15th, and there's a little bit of news going on if you haven't heard. Uh, We're going to talk a whole bunch about what happened, Benny Logan coming to town, signing to play that nose tackle position, and yes, he is going to play the nose tackle position. We're going to go into all kinds of detail on that tomorrow with Seth, but long and short is he got a little over $6.5 million guaranteed, uh, a million-dollar signing bonus, and he's got some game-day bonuses uh, to make sure that he is on the 46, and that gives him a little more incentive to stay in shape, to stay healthy, to put forth effort. This is a prove-it deal on every level of this deal, and it's, it's kind of interesting. We will get through the bulk of it, but we want to take a look right now uh, we're going to talk about the quarterbacks and everything coming in this draft and what to do with that gaping hole that now that Nick Foles is gone. We want you to go out and subscribe. It's the easiest way to get what we're doing all the time to your device, however you like to listen to it. And as we get going, as things become hectic in the draft, we, we don't want you to miss anything. We like having the audience. You guys are great, and we really appreciate everything you do for listening to us and sticking with us. We want to make sure you don't miss anything. So get out there and get it subscribed. Give us a rating while you're out there. Uh, let us know what you think. Give us some feedback. But we're going to get to all those topics later. For right now, we're going to talk about the guy that Betty Logan is coming in basically to replace in Poe and Jamal Charles. It's been a few days. It's been a few visits. A couple of news items today is that Dontari Poe's going on like his fourth visit at this point. He's going to the Miami after having been with the Falcons uh, a couple of teams before that. The man is not finding the market that he wanted. Uh, something we talked about last week. Don't know that he's going to find it. And, you know, you'd like to see that if you're going to pay an $8 million sum to a D tackle that you'd consider paying your own guy. But uh, evidently there's more to the story there that we'll have to find out later down the line. Um, But he's not finding what he's looking for out there. Neither is Jamal Charles. Charles is still set as of right now. It's, it's late on a Tuesday. We're recording for tomorrow. And right now he's still scheduled to go to the Seahawks, even though they signed Eddie Lacy. And that's interesting. That's kind of a you know an old thunder and lightning kind of maneuver if you were to have them both. And I don't know that there's still room for Charles there, but the Eddie Lacy signing is interesting because he's in the building at 267 pounds reportedly, and that is just enormous. There's only been 1,000 yard back in recent memory on that that was over 250 pounds, and that was Blunt. I don't see any way that Eddie Lacy, after struggling with weight and acceleration over the last few years, there's any way that he's capable of playing at that weight. So he's going to have to get that down. But yet they signed him anyway. So it may limit Charles' landing spots. It may be that folks are just not convinced that he's ready to play. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Love to see him back on a minuscule contract just to say that he's with a team, but. That relationship may be broken beyond repair. 
We'll have to see how it shakes out for him and the rest of free agency. But, you know, Chris has some great topics we're going to bring up and start talking about draft quarterbacks and how to really get into what you think and how to evaluate them, uh, trying to make that jump from college into the Reed system. One of the other things that really took my eye, uh, you know, one of the friends of the show, uh, Ben Albright, has a QBR uh, listing, well, a QB listing in a spreadsheet that really talks about all the different QBs that have come out over the past, uh, looks like over the past uh, eight, nine years. Uh, and for 2017, he has it out and it talks about film grade, age of draft, hand size, ball velocity, which I thought was very interesting, and then the shuttle, the height and weight. Uh, in character and medical concerns. You need to go check it out. It's his pinned tweet on his profile at Albright NFL on Twitter. Um, now, the interesting part on this, so there is, he's got 21 different quarterbacks listed. Uh, there are three in the top six that do not meet his ball velocity test when it comes to throwing a football in the NFL. And who are they? Deshaun Watson, Nathan Peterman, and Brad Kaya. And I've seen at least two of those guys heavily mocked Kansas City, uh, you know, past the first round. And that that's where I think the sweet spot is going to be. You know, we're hearing things out of Matt Miller as well that uh, someone within the organization has told him that Chiefs won't take a quarterback in the first round. And so that that's telling you where they value them as well. I personally... I couldn't agree more. There's there's no player at quarterback in this draft that deserves to be drafted in the first round. All those that do are simply by desperation and the lack of quarterback prospects. So especially when you're talking about the top six and half of them don't meet what is, from Albright's perspective, a, a historical mean that can tell you who's got the velocity to play in the league and who doesn't. And for me, from an analytics standpoint, that's one of those basic things that you either meet or you don't. It's kind of those guys that won't draft a cornerback less than 5'10". Yeah, and, you know, to have Deshaun Watson on there, he's out of the top six. He is the slowest at 49 miles per hour. And if you're wondering, the median is 55 uh, if you don't have a ball that travels 55 miles an hour, uh, you're generally not going to succeed in the NFL. And I don't think that uh, while Albright, Albright has been tracking this, there's been a QB that's been successful that is thrown under 55 miles an hour. Um, and you look at there was okay, so there was a couple guys that uh, threw over the past couple of seasons, but they both threw injured when they were throwing and doing the velocity test, and they were both at 54. So 55 is is a pretty good metric, it sounds like. Well, and I, I don't have it in front of me, but another comedy made, and this is really what it comes down to for me, is uh, the 55 being the, the speed limit, you know, I, I'm sorry, I can't say that without thinking of Sammy Hagar, but the, the 55 being the threshold, it doesn't mean if you throw harder than that or faster than that, that you're going to be a good quarterback. That's That's not what this part of the equation says. What it means is that if you're throwing less than that, it brings up the possibility that you're not going to become an NFL quarterback by a wider margin. It makes it harder. And I think that's true because a, a slower velocity ball, when you're playing the next step up in the evolution of cornerbacks that you'll face in the NFL, that just makes it easier for them to pick off balls. 
Yeah, and when you're talking about somebody that is trying to throw downfield, uh, you know, you look at guys that are throwing 20 yards downfield, that can be a significant difference when you're talking about uh, speed that you're throwing and giving players time to react to that. Well, so not only that, but when you talk accuracy, you know, if that velocity drop, I mean, you're talking at a 40-yard increment, it's something like six and a half feet. That's a huge window. You underthrow a ball like that, and, you know, Marcus Peters of all, but anybody who plays the ball well is going to undercut that and steal it from you every time. Absolutely. And to see all three of those names, and really to see Deshaun Watson on there really surprised me. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it, there are just certain things that you have to have. Uh, you know, another one's hand size. Uh, you have to have a hand size over 9.25 uh, when it comes to being able to uh, do things uh, in the NFL. And, you know, all the quarterbacks but one meet that this year. Uh, all the quarterbacks that are coming out meet that uh, perspective but but one. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to watch. I, I think that... You know, I really I wonder who's going to go and where they're going to go uh, when you look at the draft and, and who's going to do what uh, at, at QB. Because you look at who's out there and who needs a QB, and I don't know that there's really you know maybe Trubisky goes one in the first round. Maybe there's two or three that go in the first round, but I'm not so sure that they're really they really should be. And again, it's by demand. It's because teams need uh, somebody put in the pipeline, knowing they have to develop them. They want to get ahead of it. And I can understand that. And I fully admit of all the positions on a football field, the ones that I claim to understand the least are the quarterbacks. But here's the interesting thing. When you look at those two criteria that we already talked about, you put them together. The guy who throws the ball the hardest is Pat Mahomes at 60 miles an hour. He's also the guy in the top six that has the smallest hand size at just at that threshold you talked about at nine and a quarter. So it, it's it's one of those things. Which one do you wait more depending on how the guy does things? And I'm not even getting into Mahomes technique and the way he delivers the ball because it's just eerie to look at from my perspective. But a lot of indications say that those two particular things are what's going to determine whether a quarterback has the arm talent to progress in this league or not. All right, quick question. Let's see how, how well you know your, your past prospects. Who had the slowest ball in the past 10 years? 10 years? Oh, good Lord. Uh, I'm going to go with... Hi, you've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate, and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10 to 1010. Select styles only. I nope. can't remember. Who was it? Blake Sims. Okay. 42 miles an hour. Wow. I think I might be able to pull that off. And I'm Cole old. Brennan, Cole Brennan was at 44. Good Lord. I remember the last time we talked about a guy with a 90, with a, with a 49, I mean, um, 
I think he just got paid. Again, Ryan Pace, if you're listening, what are you doing? Because you just paid Mike Glennon a huge chunk of money. Now, that doesn't necessarily have anything to bear on the Chiefs, but I just thought I'd bring that up. It's not just the draft that teams are over-investing, over-drafting quarterbacks. The free agent quarterbacks is... Where's Tyler Bray? Where's Tyler Bray on that velocity scale? He's towards the top. That kid's got a gun. I'm saying 58, if I remember. 59. Okay. Yep. And, you know, that's another thing. You know, you say the same thing about Brock Osweiler. Big gun, not much between the ears. Okay. I I, I know you're going to give me grief, but that's what these teams still continue to see. That, you know, arm talent is what's going to trump them if they think they can train a guy. I think that's what it comes down to for these Chiefs in this particular draft. If the rumors are true and they're not going after a quarterback in the first round, then really what it comes down to is who are the second tier guys that have good arm talent, doesn't have to be the best, but are trainable. That are somebody that the Chiefs feel as a staff, they can adapt and train to run this West Coast offense the way they want it done. And I still think the dark horse for that, a guy that's going to be an option for them, he's not athletic at all, but I think Davis Webb has the cannon. I think he has the brain cells to do it. It'll be interesting to see how that works out. Uh, He, uh, yeah, 59 miles an hour. Uh, And one of the best shuttle times in in the draft as well. Now, folks, the reason the shuttle is important is because that gives you the stop and start kind of movement that you need from a quarterback if he has to move laterally inside the pocket. It's not about a breakaway, tuck the ball and run, Alex Smith kind of thing. We're talking but about who had yeah. the best shuttle. Who had the best shuttle? <laughs> uh, let's see. It looks like of all Scott, people, if, he, if you guys can't. Oh, no, you're cheating. <laughs> hey, you're you cheating. opened it up. Yeah, I know, but okay. So I'm sitting here. If you guys can't tell, I love stats. I'm a numbers guy, so I love stats. So this is pretty fascinating to me to watch this. Uh, and if you were to guess, or did you already see the answer, Pat Mahomes? Those are those are two significant factors in, in being able to de- to buy yourself the time and to deliver the ball. Now the hand size thing, I don't know if that's really a thing. You tell me. You know, they said Drew Brees was too short. I, guys can get things done if they want to get things done. I'm just not sold on Mahomes as a prospect myself. So the quarterbacks, these stats are really interesting, and we could go on and on and on. But uh, we are to the point in the show um, that you guys are going to have to sit through and listen to Chris and I fight because <laughs> I have had enough of this. I took all kinds of grief on Twitter, and I as know you should have. Hey, whatever. I know what you think. And I'll tell you, I'll start it off. I think the Chiefs overpaid Daniel Sorensen by a long shot. Well, Twitter disagrees with you at almost 80% rate. So, um, Did you do a poll? Yes, I did. <laughs> All right, I'm in the 20. 80% of the people like the contract. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say that pretty much proves that you're wrong. So, you know, it's okay that you didn't go out there and say that they're not going to sign him to a contract extension because it happened anyway. Yeah, you clearly didn't need me to do that. But here's here's my reasoning. No, but I, I do need you to go say that they're not going to sign. Uh, do, do me a favor. Say they're not going to sign Dante Hightower. <laughs> Folks, by the way, <laughs> if you have not listened to our shows from last season, 
this is why he's doing this because I had this thing where I didn't think Travis Kelsey was going to sign an extension and he did. I didn't think somebody else was going to get signed and they did. So me predicting oh. who's going to sign contracts is about as worthless as anything you can think of. No, no, no. The best part was you said he wasn't going to sign a contract. And then three days later, he got a contract extension. Just saying. I, I just said that you got, I'm no, all the way under the box for a week. Dude. I'm just, I, I, yeah, pretty much. Just make sure it's out there. <laughs> so my point is, and I give Daniel Sorensen credit. He played a lot better this last season than I expected him to. He has a nose for the ball. He's opportunistic, and I give him all of that. But in the role that he plays when he has to be an in-the-box safety, his liability against the run makes me pull my hair out. And I don't think that vulnerability is made up for by his penchant for getting a couple of turnovers. And playing decent in the back when he's not asked to do that enough. And at $4 million a year, I don't see it as a value. Now, maybe 80% of Twitter thinks I'm crazy, but that's where I'm coming from. Well, 80% of Twitter really does think you're crazy, but, you know, we already knew that. So <laughs> so here's, here's, what it comes down to, here's what it comes down to for me. They took one of their guys that made the team as an undrafted free agent. Uh has worked his tail off, has bought into the system and done anything and everything they have asked him to do, throws his body around with no regard to his safety or his health, and busts his ass every single play and every single day, and is a very good special teamer and a core special teamer. That's the one part that you do not bring up when you talk about Daniel Sorensen at all you look at his you look at him as a liability on defense and I somewhat get that he's not the speed he's not the guy that you want on the back end of the defense but the Chiefs obviously trust him enough to play him over somebody that you love in Eric Murray and you may not agree with that but I would say that they kind of know defense a little bit more than you and I combined but that's just my thought (laughs) I'm not going to argue Eric Murray, I, I think Eric Murray gets a lot more playing time this year. I think that he will do a lot better, uh, and he will be uh, one of those guys that's going to be kind of a ball hawk on the back end of the defense. Uh, but I think Daniel Sorensen's role on this team goes much further than just his defensive play. And if you really look at what contracts are, uh, they yeah, it's $4 million a year, but okay, so a little bit over eight is guaranteed. So basically what you're doing is you're saying that it's guaranteed for the next two or three seasons at eight, eight, maybe $10 million uh, for the next three seasons. Yeah, I'm okay with that. You know, I, I wouldn't have done it myself. I still think they overpaid. I, I'm not saying they shouldn't have gone after him uh, because what having him there means is that your core three are there for the next season. Um, I'm not sure when Ron Parker's contract was up. I want to say it was a three-year deal that he's played two years of, but I'm not 100% nope, on that. it was a five-year deal. Was it? Okay. So you have your th- top three safeties. Uh, some Three guys that Bob Sutton wants to use a lot. There's going to be three safeties on the field all year long. You got what you think are your top three guys in pocket for the next several years, and that's a good thing. Uh, I personally think that Eric Murray's going to end up being a better free safety uh, than a strong safety. I think that's why they moved him from the nickel corner that he played mostly in college. So 
maybe that he's there to learn his role, play special teams and be a fill in for Parker. Or when it comes to that point, I don't know. But in terms of actually playing the safety role, not playing the nickel linebacker, I think Murray's got way more upside. So I'll be very interested to see what happens with the core group of those four. Well, but even if Murray has a much bigger role, they also have the ability, you know, he played corner in college. He's learning a new position. Uh, he has much more versatility than Sorensen does when it comes to uh, DB in general. Sorensen isn't going to be a guy that you're going to, you know, want to put out on an island against somebody out out wide. But like I was saying, he is a core guy to this team, and I'm happy they paid him because I think that, you know, this means that they're not going to be giving him just the $1 million this year. And, who knows? Maybe you know. Maybe his cap hit. I don't. I haven't seen the numbers. I'm not exactly sure what they are. Uh, but maybe somehow his cap number is is lower this year than it was going to be because I think it was going to be two or three million this year just because of the tender. You know, and we'll find out as we go on what ends up needing to be done, and we'll see if they make any other changes. There's still a big draft, and the DB group within this draft is as a group both safeties and quarters is better than any class we've seen probably in the last seven or eight years so there's still a lot of additions that could go on we'll have to see what happens but thanks for listening to us today we'll be back with you we got plenty more coming uh we're gonna have an interesting week coming down the line when i'm on vacation so you'll hear some new things going on with us then and we will be back with you tomorrow we'll have seth you guys have a good one we'll talk to you tomorrow thanks for listening to the locked on chiefs podcast while you're out there, give us a rating or review and reach out to us on Twitter at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.